Middle and high school cross-country athletes receive 20% off regular price shoes and spikes for the month of July and August, only at Three Rivers Running Company in Fort Wayne. Indiana Runner Podcast Season 6, Episode 12. Taylor Marshall and I talk about the boys' title contenders from 4 to 1, including individual title contenders as well. Let's hit it. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right. It's the biggest podcast of the preseason. Indiana Runner podcast. Colin Altavote, Taylor Marshall. Here we are, Taylor. The title contenders. Now we're stretching the definition a little bit. We've got four in here, four teams to talk about. Any overarching thoughts before we get right into it? Okay. I think... Among these four boys' teams, there's a tier 1A and a tier 1B. I, th- I, th- I think I see a gap developing, and uh, we'll, we'll have some numbers to back that up here in a moment. But well, we've just, got numbers, all right. Yeah. We, well, well, there's no shortage of that around here. Um, but but I, I think I see a gap after two and then a gap back after four to the field. Okay, that's interesting because INCC stats would put one of these four teams that we have as the title contender behind one of the teams that we have as just a podium contender. Yeah, this is a little bit of not our fifth team. Yeah, you're right. It's a little bit of numbers and a little bit of intuition. Yep. Okay, here we go. Number four, Fishers. Fishers has a 37.4% chance to finish on the podium. Do you think that's a little low? I think that is low. I do like Fishers as a podium team. Yeah. Now we've gone through this. We are recording. I've had a lot of fun doing this. We've kind of been like, hey, when do we want to do it? Thinking, oh, we'll space them out. And then we've like knocked like six of them out in like 10 days or something because we kind of just enjoy doing it. Um, So we're recording this on July 16th and it's not going to drop until almost mid-August. So in between now and then, as we've said on some of these other ones, INCC stats could update with track times and between Fisher's top two boys that could change this, not insignificantly, not a huge margin, but certainly not, not nothing. Uh, Fisher's has, according to INCC stats, preseason simulations of the tournament, the new tournament and Fisher's is moving from New Haven back into Indianapolis. So they'll be in the Shelbyville regional. Fisher's has a 2.8% chance to win the title. We're still calling them a contender. Here's why they only have a 2.8% chance. They only have two of their seven back from the state meet last year, and they weren't in the top five last year. However, I think it's possible that Fishers could have the best top duo in the state. Maybe not as good as the top duo, the best top duo last year. Right, but that wouldn't be the same duo this year. Probably not. Uh, I think they, I think they have a really good chance to put two in the top 20. Yeah, I think that is a, certainly a possibility. So if you look at the INCC stats preseason rankings of individuals, Fishers has two individuals in the top 50, three in the top 100 with their fourth at 101. So right there. Okay. Um, so we'll 
keep that in mind as we go through and talk about these three other teams and why Fishers may be the fourth of, of the four that we talk about here. Um, three returners, sub 10 from mm-hmm. this past track season. Which doesn't include Matthew Kim. Kim would make four. Um, and, and I do agree that they probably have the best duo. But I, I don't know if I'm seeing enough depth here for Fishers to really compete to win, right? If this is the topic of tonight, title contenders, it I I wrote down, you'll like this. I wrote this down. Lloyd Christmas, right? Yes. There's a chance, but they, they're gonna need some help that all three of the teams ahead of them are really gonna have to slip up on the same day. Or, or throughout the season. Or throughout the season and have avail- availability issues come right. state meet. Yeah. So Which, you know. Fisher's history. Fisher's won in 2007, which was only the second year, I believe, of Fisher's high school. They have not won since. They've been a a major contender at least one other year. There were some years where they were second, so it's like, well, by definition, they're kind of a contender if they're the second best team going in. Yeah. Um, Fisher's has finished on the podium six of the last eight years, which you could say it's getting pretty serious. It is getting a little bit serious. Yeah. Pulling dynamite. Kip, it's getting pretty serious. Uh, I would say, well, let me let me get your input on this. Over the last 10 years, does Fishers have the second or the third best boys program in Indiana over the last 10 years? 10 years. Uh boy. Well, the best boys program in that time span obviously is Carmel, but behind that, you could maybe make a case for Columbus North. I think it's either Columbus North or Fishers. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe overall it is Fishers because of the six out of eight on the podium. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to look. I don't obviously know off the top of my head how many of the past 10 years. Four, four, four in a row. Four in a row. Yeah. Four, four podium finishes or four wins in a row? Four podium finishes in the last four years for Columbus North. Right. And yeah. then for Columbus North winning, they won that one time in 2020. Yeah. And then you have to go back to 09, 10, and 11, which are more than 10 years ago. So it's pretty close. It's close. It's a, it's a, it's a fair argument. You could, it's a, it's a whole half of a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's kind of Fisher's base. So we really, we really dove into this. Uh, Matthew Kim ran 152 and I believe he ran 415. He may have run even as fast as like 412. I, I couldn't find it. I was looking through the direct athletic stuff, so it was harder to find. Uh, Sam Quagliaroli ran 416 and 906 in the track season. Those are their top two. And like we said, we think that they have a good chance to put two in the top 20. Yeah. That's the start of a state championship team. Yes. Yep. Parker Melling is going to be a junior. He was not in the seven last year, at least didn't run the state meet. Uh, and in the track season, he ran 434, pretty good. 933, more than pretty good. Absolutely. Nate Thomas is going into his sophomore year. He was one of the best runners in Hamilton County uh, in middle school. He ran 432 and 947. So I, I think those are great pieces of evidence for why Fisher should be considered a podium team. I think they will be. I just, I don't know if that's enough 
to get it done to win, particularly when we'll look at the resume of these three schools ranked ahead of them. I mean, Fisher's route to the title is something happens from one of Carmel's best kids. Maybe the same thing with Noblesville, or maybe Noblesville just doesn't run as well as they ran in the track season. Yeah. Him and Quagley Rowley are both in the top 10 team scoring wise. So through two guys, they're only scoring nine points. Parker Melling continues his progression and is like right around all state level. Nate Thomas makes the big sophomore jump even bigger than they project on INCC stats. Suddenly they're looking at like 50 some points through four guys. It's, it's Fishers. It's, it's Warnicky. They find a fifth guy and, and they're right there and they edge out Carmel. That's how Fishers went. Okay. There's Keep a world, there's a me. world where that happens. Okay. We'll, we'll get to a mock meet later on and let's yep. remember that and see how that might play out. And the mock meet will be before INCC stats does the track updates, which are going to help Fishers minimally though, because like Quigley Rowley can't get that much higher than he already is. Right. He's probably scoring like four in that. Maybe right. he bumps ahead of one guy and scores three, but that, you know, means nothing. Yeah. And the guys that are on teams that are ahead of him had better track seasons than he did anyways. Correct. Uh, there we go. That's Fishers. Number three, Zionsville. This, by the numbers, is a much more serious contender than Fishers. Yes. Zionsville, 71.5% chance to make the podium. Last year was the first year Zionsville's ever been on the podium. So 71.5% chance to get back there. They narrowly got it done last year. They, yes, we're going to get yeah. into that. 12.5% chance to win the state championship. Four of their seven are back, and this is likely the best top three in Indiana. All, all three of them finished in the top 40 last year at the state meet. Last year was their best year ever. They were just three points away from winning, although technically they were four because they wouldn't have had the six-runner tiebreaker. Uh, Sam Spees going into his senior year, 15th in cross country. That was the race of his life. And in the track season, he ran 922. That's good. He's going to finish in the top 15 again. Yeah. Very good distance runner. Yeah. Jack Turnbull ran 418 and 924. I actually project him to be their best guy this year. So now we're looking at two in the top 15. Good start. Evan Mayo was 37th in cross country. Didn't run the 3200 at all. Ran the 1600 maybe at the Franklin Central meet, which technically then he didn't run the 1600 because it's a full mile. Um, and was like in the 430 range for 1600, but 37th in cross country. That's their top three. They only had three boys under three returners under 10 minutes. Now that doesn't include Mayo, who never ran it. So that would be four. Just like Fisher's only had three, doesn't include Kim, that would make it four. Yeah. But when we get into these top two teams, you know, four under 10 is not not enough. Yeah. Okay. But they only score it, it's based on the aggregate of your five runners in the team score. It's not based on how good your fifth runner is or how good your eighth runner is. Sure. Zionsville courted INCC stats preseason ratings. Uh had Zionsville's got three in the top 50, four in the top hundred, right? Again. And when you say so you're just using fifty and hundred as basic cutoffs, right? 
because they, they have three them. in the top 20, I would imagine. Yeah. The top 25. Right. And, but those are basic cutoffs. People can understand if, if you're in the top 50 overall, you know, you're scoring, uh, 35 points. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, you know, if you put, the, if you put the third guy on your team, who's, who's in that, that's, you're feeling pretty excited. If you put five in the top 50, your team scores probably under a hundred. Yeah. Which in a lot of years, almost every year, probably on the boys right. side. Right. Um, okay. Zionsville, four guys, sub 10 from this track season. You mentioned that four, three, four, three with an asterisk, right? Three, three. And then Mayo and then Mayo who never did it, but would have wouldn't make four. Um, <clears throat> absolutely elite through three, right? Best trio in the state. I think that's without comparison. I mean, I, I think that what we see so far on paper that's just, I think pre I think preseason it is I I think we'll get into September and that may not be the case. Okay, but all, we can only we only know what we know today, right? And that's preseason. Um, better depth than Fishers. Yes. So the question for Zion, yeah, yes, but Fishers has shown more of a penchant, much more of a penchant to develop depth over the last ten years. Yeah. I mean, there's a case, but I'm, I, you know, again, we only know what we know right now and on paper. Right. And if you don't know, now you know. Um, so the question is, what can their four or five bring, right? If they are going to be serious title contenders again this year, that gap back from three to four or from three to five is, is wide. So what, what kind of development will happen with a few of these guys that will allow for Zionsville to really be in the running to win the state meet. And they're going to need some help there. And so Zionsville's got at least one freshman that was like 10 flat. Yeah. And Jack Turnbull was like a 10 flat freshman. Jack Capes was like a 10 flat freshman for Carmel. Some of these other boys for Noblesville that we'll talk about going into their junior year were like 10 flat. So if if that guy can go from 10 flat to in the top 50 at the state meet, now we're talking. Yeah. But of course, some of these other schools also have that, right? Right. They have freshmen that ran under 10 minutes. So. And when we get to the other two teams that you named, the, or the ones who will be ranked first and second going in, not only to have that, but they also have some some more depth, and we'll get to why that is so much more important. Right. Zionsville clearly, to me, looks like the third best team at this point coming in. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but you know, it, there were very few points last year where we would have thought of Zionsville as a um, as a contender and then suddenly they're seven points back at the semi-state and then they actually projected when you did the mock state meet based on semi-states yeah Zionsville was ahead of Carmel mm -hmm. and then the state meet it was it was three points yeah so you only know what you know right biggie uh okay they're ready for the top two let's hear it these seem pretty close and we'll get into all the numbers number two Noblesville Noblesville has an 84.7% chance to finish on the podium. They have a 29.6% chance to win the title. Again, these numbers are before the track bump. I don't 
I don't think Noblesville is going to get uh, – they may get a little bit of a bump with uh, their sophomores' uh, track times, but minimally, I'd imagine. Noblesville was fifth last year. Noblesville is on a trajectory of a typical title team over the last 10 years, which is they finish on the podium, they bring almost all of them back, and then the next year they're they're one of the top two teams. Uh, so five of those seven are back. Now their number one runner did graduate. Noblesville has never been a real contender. So Noblesville was second in 2010, but in yeah. 2010, Columbus North was third in XN. Yeah. So Noblesville finished second. I'm sure they were thrilled to finish second, but they were never going to win that year. And there haven't necessarily been many or any years that I think they had a real, like maybe they had a moment and they had a good race in late August or early September but this is the best team they've had. This is the this is the one time they've been a serious contender, and they're a very serious contender. Yes. Uh, Caden Click was 14th last year at the state meet in cross country. I think he ran 15-10 in cross country, and that was on Laverna to me. He ran 4-10 and was fourth at the state meet in the 1600. He's going to finish in the top 10. Jack Strong is a sophomore, ran 4-19 and 9-20. Those are very serious times. Jack Strong has a, has a good chance to be in the top 20. Ronnie Neal is going to be a junior. He ran 424 and 927. Those are kind of their top three. And then after that, Alec Moore going into a senior year, 425 and 931. Again, serious times. Sam Rinker is going to be a senior, 939. And then Caden Jackson is a junior. He did not run last year in the state meet. And he ran 944. Pretty good. Noblesville has five under 940, four under 430, and they had six under 10 minutes. Okay, would you want to go, let's go on to the next team and then we'll do our thing and we can talk about both of them at the same time. Okay, sounds good. Okay, number one, Carmel. Someone's hearing this and says, of course, Carmel's number one. This is the first time in our rankings that Carmel has been number one since 2017. Yeah. Which feels like a long time. I I am the boys coach at Carmel. Uh, Carmel yeah. has a 93.1% chance to finish on the podium. That seems low to me. And a 44.4% chance to win the state championship three of seven back from last year carmel has won six times in the last 11 years including winning last year uh carmel has finished in the top two and ten of the last 11 years tony provenzano uh was second in cross country he ran 415 for 1600 meters in 854 where he also finished second in that event last year to his teammate that's kind of the star and then uh, more kind of projected scores or top end athletes. Thomas Biltemeyer, senior, 422 and 927 this spring. Kiefer Jay is going into his junior year, 423 and 933. Jack Capes is going into his junior year, not 428 and 938. Max Meisner ran 430 and 938. Carmel had five boys break 16 minutes last fall that are coming back this year. Like Noblesville, they had five under 940 and four under 430. Uh, the difference being Carmel with a little more depth has two at exactly 430. And then Noblesville had six under 10 minutes that are returning. Carmel had eight under 10 minutes and then another four between 10 flat and 1010. Ooh. Those are two pretty good teams and they're pretty close. They are very close. And we'll get um, someone to show that here in a minute. Why don't maybe I'll make the case for Noblesville? You make the case for Carmel. Sounds good. Why don't the you case start? for no, the case for Noblesville would be comparing those times. Okay, 
Tony is better than Caden Click in cross country and in yes. the 3200. Yeah. There's, no, there's no there's no debate there. But how much separation is there going to be in the points at the state meet? Two, six, a pretty minimal amount. And then if you compare 3200, 920 versus 927, 927 versus 933, 931 versus 938, 939 versus 938. If you're making the case for Noblesville, that's where it is. And we'll have the mock meet and we can kind of see where that goes. But it's not. Carmel could say, Carmel can say we have eight under 10 and you only had six. It could be 80 under 10. It's adding up your five best. And if Noblesville is better at three of the five positions, the math says they're probably going to win, provided that the fifth isn't super far back. And Noblesville's got enough depth. They don't have exactly five. That's when you can run into problems. Like the Burbuff team yeah, two years ago. They had exactly five, and two of them weren't available at all. And when those two weren't available, they went from being the best team in the state and the fifth best team in the country to like the 15th best team in the state. Yeah. Okay, here's Carmel. Three in the top 50 of the teams we talked about that ties uh, both – uh, Noblesville and Zionsville for the lead, but seven in the top 100 on INCC stats, which is by far the best depth there. You mentioned how your team has eight sub 10, and I do understand that it only takes five and it's the aggregate of that, but having more than five who can do that means that uh, they don't all need to hit right? You just need five of those eight. Your odds go up by having more guys uh, capable of running sub 10 or in the top hundred or whatever that gives cushion, right? It gives an ability for someone to maybe have a bad day or God forbid, get hurt, right? I mean, there's one of those kids going to pop off and perform better than what you may expect. So that gives a lot of cushion, a lot of leeway for the hounds. They also have the best combination of you. You have the best kid in the state and Tony Provenzano, right? Right. Number one coming in runner up and then cross and in uh, the 3,200, right? So again, as of right now should be considered the favorite to win. We'll get into some individuals who will also be in the mix, but according to INCC stats, he is top dog, if you will, right now. Uh, and Carmel also has the best depth, which I've already kind of covered through there. So I, this is why I think uh, it is close with Noblesville. I do agree that it'll be close and we'll look at something else to show that, but I think Carmel comes out on top as of right now, based on what we know going into this season. And, and that would be fine with me. You, you don't object to that. You're good with that. Yes. Okay. That law well, makes two of us then I'm also good with that. What about the mock state meet? Let's get to a mock state meet, right? So I sat down and made a mock state meet based off the uh, projected top five teams across all five of the regionals that will advance. So here are the 25 teams that are projected to make the state meet and then went down the list and scored the INCC stats preseason individual rankings uh, based off that, right? So uh, what do you want to hear? You want to hear top five, Colin? You want me to give you four? The Since we're talking about four, where are we at? Let's do the top five. Top five. All right. So uh, 
projected based on all of that to score 231 points and be that's, fifth. That's high for fifth. Is Fishers. Okay. Now, this is when when I said I like Fishers for fourth and feel good about them being a podium team. And I, well, I'm on the, a different episode. I was really high on this team. I'll talk about in a second is making the podium. This is the combination of the numbers with some intuition and just making this educated guess, right? So Fishers projected to score 231 to place fifth at the state meet. Projected to score 220 points and be fourth, Franklin Central. Say that again, how many points? 220. That is so high for fourth place. Yeah. Um. Then, So that's why I also said I, I see this top four as kind of two-tiered. Mm-hmm. Because uh, now we go to uh, 170 points. Good gap. Yeah, that, and that seems about, about what it typically is for for third. Zionsville, yeah. one set. Okay, so clearly the third best team. I think we agree on that, and I think the numbers across the board bear that out. Projected to be runner-up with 117 points, Noblesville. Okay. And then that means projected to win with 107 points. But it's closer than it sounds. But it's closer than it sounds, the Carmel Greyhounds. Um, so here's here's the matchup between Carmel and Noblesville, right? Mm-hmm. Carmel scoring one, Noblesville seven. Well, I did say six points difference, so there you go. Got it. 12 to 16, Carmel. 19 to 21, Carmel. 35, sorry, 34, 35, Carmel. 41, 38, Noblesville. Okay. So, so that's starting to catch up a little bit here, but but not significantly. And I think if you're making, if you're making a case for Carmel and, and you suggested this as well, when you have that many guys, the odds are, that many guys and surrounded by that many good teammates, the odds of one of them popping off and unexpectedly finishing in the top 40 at the state meet. Right. And if you look, go through like the state meet history site and you look on there, there's like more years than not. There's some Carmel kid that's like, wait, what? Nate Saketa, 43rd place. Yeah. And remember kind of those, this rating does not include what happened this spring yet. So some of the boys that you've mentioned I think that'll help Noblesville. I think I think Jack Strong will move up higher with his track times. But how much higher are we going to get? Can we? Cl- I mean, it's only ten points, so it is close. So it, it, right. it can close the gap, but there's only you can only I think, move up. I think it gets closer on that. But when you look at, it could even be that Noblesville, their team rating shrinks, or or gets a lot closer, or even surpasses Carmel. Will Carmel because of the depth? may end up with a higher percentage to win higher percentage chance to win yeah which we'll get into in the girls um contenders correct later on yeah cool okay uh individuals you want to move on yeah let's do that okay individual contenders now this is not the order that they are on incc stats i think it will be once it updates for track times but I, I see three main contenders. 
Tony Provenzano from Carmel, shout out. Cameron Todd from Burbuff. And Will Conway from Floyd Central. Yeah. Anyone else? I think these are some guys to look at. I'll give you two. Okay. Who could who could maybe find their way up there or will will compete. Um one is Ryan Ream from Bloomington South. I did not think you would say that. We'll see if he's going to be in the contention, right? Uh he is on INCC stats right now in the preseason uh eighth going in. Uh so we'll see what he could do. And then and then another one that I'm really interested in uh is Mishawaka's Liam Bauschke. Who yeah, I didn't think you'd say either of those two. Really? I, I mean, I thought you would say Yeah, go ahead. Martin Barker the fourth from Martinsville. So I I'm interested in Barco. I think he had a very intriguing track season. He beat Cameron Todd and Tony Provenzano over 3,200 meters at the Carmel Showcase. It's he not did 5,000 meters, but it's it's showing that he's not just a track specialist. He's not just a mid-distance specialist. He's not, and he may show us that this – but there is still another 1,800 meters to go after that. And that's why I sort of think other guys like Todd, Provenzano, Quagliaroli will be ahead of Martin Barco. That that would be the guy that I would – I mean, we can just get into the point, too. That Would you say – do you project at least – do you think those three are dead even? Do you have Conway a little bit behind? Man, in terms of talent, Conway is not behind. But in terms of what we've been able to – In terms of see, talent, he may be number one. I think he's the most talented kid. Yes. Will he be a hundred percent healthy and available and ready to go on October 28th? That is to be determined. We can only look at what has happened thus far. I think he is the most talented kid in the field, but if he isn't a hundred, well, it's hard. It's, I don't know. It's hard to say because Todd was the, was the number one finisher when they were freshmen, Tony didn't go to school here their freshman year, which was the COVID year anyways of the, like, we just came, you know, we just came back from this huge break, that kind of thing. Um, But Conway was fifth at the state meet over 1600 meters. Um, Yes. As a freshman as a freshman, but they're going to be seniors and that's not enough of what have you done for me lately kind of thing. Right. I mean, this is one thing if this were last year, but we're going back to 2020 and 2021. Just, you know, again, I think Conway is more talented than Provenzano or Todd or anybody else in the field. I just, I don't know if we've seen, been able to see it happen to the point that I would say he should be the favorite going in. I still think Provenzano is the favorite, but I do think Cameron Todd could very well win. I mean, those two have got to be considered dead even, right? They had a photo finish last year at the state meet. Yeah. And then they ran the 3,200 against each other. So the longest race, and that was essentially a photo finish. They were yeah. like separated by four hundredths of a second or whatever. Yeah. So, and then all the other times, you know, like Tony beat Cameron at the state meet 
but Todd had already run the sixteen hundred, so that's not a very fair comparison, right? Um, but I, you know, and and I'm also just interested in seeing. Oh, and maybe we should talk a little bit more about Quagliarola because I think you said he, you believe he could be the one. I mean, I think he's pretty far back, right? So he ran nine oh six at the state meet, and and Tony ran eight fifty four. Yeah, Quagliarola did run the four by eight. Right. So that's part of it. I don't know how to quantify how much the four by eight takes out of you. I just know that I know it takes enough out of you that we didn't run Tony on the four by eight and maybe that would have helped us. So um it and Quagga Roley's a little bit younger, right? So he's gonna have a bit more of a jump. I think I think Barco could get in there. I mean, I don't know if we want to start playing like, hey, what about this guy? You mentioned uh Bowski from uh Mishawaka. Right. Uh, Noah Bontrager, I think, is is very interesting, and that's the one that like jumps up on INCC stats. But we've talked about why maybe if you were already really good, that the that the INCC stats sophomore jump maybe overrates the kids that were already really good. Caden yeah. Click, we didn't talk much about. Yeah, you mentioned Ryan Ream. Uh, once you get past that, I, I think it's it's tough to have a. If this were a a Normal year, and again, we we may be done with normal years, but Tony, Todd, Conway certainly has the ability. We're talking three of the 15 or 20 best runners, or maybe even a much smaller number in the country. Cameron Todd is the number one returner for Foot Locker, and Tony beat him more times than he lost to him Yeah, in cross-country, I think, or at least it's even. Um, well, that just goes back to the fact that they're – it's a virtual tie between the two of them. Right. Now, if, if let's say magically those two weren't in school, then Conway would probably be the favorite despite his stats being lower. But then you could start to look around and say, well, Ryan Ream ran 903 and Caden Click ran 410 and the Jacob Mitchell kid from Bloomington North. Maybe he could be way up there. Um, but as it, looking at the, the, the preseason list right now, once you get past, Ryan Ream and Caden Click, and there's maybe one, two, three names in there that I'm like, I, I don't see them finishing in the top 10. Like, it starts to drop off, which is pretty normal because the best kids are usually seniors anyways. Usually 15 right. to the top 25 or so are seniors. So once you get into the mid-teens, it's kids that finished in the 40s, 50s, and 60s last year. Yeah. So we'll see. Now Barco is 27th on here. That's that's one that he's going to jump. If INCC stats does the track conversion, Barco's going to jump into the top 10 for certain. Yeah. And and may jump into like fifth because it's not just that he's run 406 or 407, but he has also run 856. And that makes the big those 3200 times count a lot on this, yeah. whatever the algorithm is for. INCC stats, which also makes me think that's now Jack Strong is listed as 19th on here for Noblesville as we're getting more into the team ones. So his 920, it might move him up a little bit. And it time-wise may may take six, eight seconds off his time, but it's only going to make a difference of a couple points. And then once you get into like the 927, 930 range, right? Thomas Biltemeyer, or Ronnie Neal, Kiefer J. Alec Moore, those types of guys, like that's 
there's a lot more 930s than there are 920s. Yeah. So it's going to be an exciting year. It will Although be. I'm more excited when my team's by oh, wow. far the best team and doesn't have, you know, sure. difficult contestants. Yeah. But and the other thing the is fun in that, Colin. It's well, it's fun for me. Where's the being, fun in that for relaxed. everybody else, Colin? I'm not, I'm not worried about everybody else. Oh, um, cool. Well, last couple of minutes here, we're going to switch. We do have not as much because we we uh, had a lot of time to talk about just 14s, but a few loose ends to talk about um, on our Patreon. And you too can be uh, a subscriber to the Indiana Runner Patreon, Indiana Runner Podcast Patreon, just like our newest subscriber, Tara Ekman. Shout out, Tara. Thank you so much. And uh, you can hear and we'll get on, do some uh, coaching corner, talk about uh, team camp, and then maybe just kind of some random stuff that we as coaches are excited about and tie up the loose ends from this. Go to patreon.com slash Indiana Runner. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Indiana Runner. Uh, or just download the Patreon app and you can do that. $5 a month gets you early and exclusive access to many different things that a lot of people are finding to be valuable. Getting a lot of good feedback on that. Yeah. I haven't had anybody cancel yet. It's been a whole month. Nobody's canceled. So. All right. We're doing something halfway decent. It sounds like maybe. Okay, cool. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.